Hello, listener. Thanks for coming on the Keyframes podcast. We'll give you such important information about the industry like, uh, and that sounds about right. Who can even say these days? Hello and welcome to Keyframes, a podcast about anime. I'm your host, Ben Halliburton, and with me today is Andy. Hi, hi, hi. Duncan. Hello. And a surprise, John. It's actually not a surprise. Oh, hey, 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 hey. You'll probably be reading in the episode description that John's here, and we're happy that he's here. Uh, after the break, we'll be talking about what shows this season John is watching. We'll be talking about one of us who watched the newest Ghibli joint and has strong opinions on it. And Duncan will be talking about ReZero, Eva, and uh, flashbacks and time skips, you said, correct? Mm-hmm. So he's got some good stuff on the menu. But for the first half, we will be talking about humor in anime. Uh, what's it all about? <laughs> so this is <laughs> what's my... the big idea? <laughs> Animation, not inherently funny. True. Uh, and yet, so many anime comedies. No, I, uh, I suggested this topic. It's a very easy, obvious one um, because I think that there is a lot of comedy anime. I think anime that is notionally serious often has a surprising comedic element that you wouldn't necessarily see in your average like primetime TV drama in the United States or the UK. Uh, I think that I've talked before about how humor... Uh, in anime, often re- rests on the three pillars of absurdism, wordplay, and slapstick. We've already talked about absurdism, but we can revisit it again as we talk about how uh, how humor about how humor situations are conveyed in the animated format. And, and I guess I would start out by posing a difference uh, between uh, Western humor and anime can, humor, humor, at least insofar as TV I, shows. Can I jump in real quick? Sure. Yeah. So you said. Sure. Uh, Animation is not inherently comedic. It was and- a joke. It was a joke. Oh, okay. Well, I don't get it. Jokes. You're out of practice. Aww. We missed you, John. Well, that's that's a good a good sign of how humor is not inherently so- translatable, um, which I think is something that was actually kind of what I was going for with with what I, with what I was saying as part of the intro is that it should be hard to translate humor, but I know a lot of people who basically. Their only diet of anime is comedy anime, and a lot of it is sure like porny slapstick or just like weird, absurd animation from Japan. But I would point out that when I was thinking about my favorite, my favorite anime comedies versus my favorite like live action Western comedies, uh, and even some of my favorite uh, live uh, anime animated uh, Western comedies, that um a lot of Western humor is about. Uh, normal people in absurd situations and how they react. And I think a lot of animated humor is conversely about ridiculous people in very normal situations and how they react poorly. Uh, I think this is where a lot of the absurdism and slapstick come on. And I think even with wordplay, we see that sometimes you'll have an absurd situation that's brought on um, because some sort of pun or homophone has become been made evident. Obviously, I'm talking almost entirely about Siren Setsubo Sensei. Um, <laughs> but, but I think that there is this idea that humor is about 
how we react to and deal with something that is unexpected and doesn't fit into our regular boxes of of everyday perception. And I think it's very interesting that humor in the West oftentimes tends to be individual focused, while um, humor in Japanese anime often tends to be situation focused. And oftentimes, uh, like we were just talking about uh, Dungeon Boonies uh, before the pre-roll, and that is a show about about how just like there's this really ridiculous guy in a very normal situation that this guy has been trained up by living next to the hardest area. And now he's in the, he now he's in the easy realm and doesn't realize how, how inappropriately he's acting in all of these situations because he's got a different set of societal expectations. I don't know. What are y'all's favorite comedies? What are y'all's I mean, like I was, mental, mental boxes of anime humor? I was just wondering, like maybe that comes from the idea of uh manzai humor being such predominant sort of force of humor in the uh, early Meiji period because that is in a sense a one insane crazy person and then a straight guy and with that who just says what are you doing yeah <laughs> and so with that sort of humor being the the norm um you know that it would make sense that it is that that would then slowly get translated to crazy strong guy in a boring situation whilst usually UK I guess you've got comedy roots and all the way back to what shakespeare uh <laughs> <laughs> shakespeare is the inventor of comedy this is true yeah I, I think you're being i think you're being way 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 too too kind to uh british humor there andy i think like <laughs> if you're gonna say what, what uh, uh british humor goes back to you can easily say it goes back to punch and judy which is a That's very true. very well, was, violence-based version of slapstick. I, I was actually going to go a bit forward in time and, and say the Goon Show, which is Spike Milligan's <laughs> first radio t- show, which was where they literally put comedy on the map because before that it was called the Light Entertainment Broadcast. I'm pretty sure Monty Python invented <laughs> comedy. I was going to say, are you being served? I remember, are you being served? Came on before Monty Python. I'd occasionally watch episodes of it, and I did not understand why it was funny because it's not. It's very, it's extremely British in a way that was completely inaccessible to like twelve-year-old me. I think the first purely comedic show I watched was the Red Green Show, which is Canadian, and I love that show. It was great. That's for duct tape, duct tape, huh? Yeah, duct yes. tape, duct tape, duct tape. <laughs> So we've established our bona fides. <laughs> for me, it was definitely Monty Python, for sure. Like that show, I think got me through some pretty rough patches because I just discovered it. It's beautiful. But anyway, do you? Th- well, let's let's go on on Python for a moment. Do you think Python yeah. um, influenced anime at all? Because obviously, there wasn't for a good well twenty thirty years in the West at least many shows which um, took the uh, animated part of Python and brought that sort of absurd humor to uh, television. And whereas if you look at anime, there's a good few shows which are just as absurd as Python is. What did Python's a- animation style do, which you couldn't do in, in normal humor? Like it did things like the, the, and most famously this the foot of god coming down and randomly squashing things like just this is like these visual jokes so big that they couldn't actually be 
happened like maybe the the, the modern anime equivalent is megamin's explosions like something which is <laughs> is a, a really simple joke but actually a really complicated effect like i mean, I mean uh, that's that's why terry gilliam did them initially because they had no way to end sketches and traditionally with python they never ended sketches they just let it bleed into the next one in terms of giant feet squashing someone they're that's my fetish. I mean, that's not what I wanted to say. Uh, there's like uh, tokusatsu stuff in Japan, Godzilla, etc. And that stuff's pretty old. I'm, I think it outdates Monty Python, pretty sure. Predates, rather. Uh, it, they're roughly contemporary, I think. And Okay. Is it a comedy, John? It's not a comedy, but you're talking about the effects, right? Like, they could have turned it into a comedy and had that same effect. That's my point. Well, I, well, I, think, I think that oftentimes, as... as, as Duncan Annie said, with absurdism, they're just escalating, 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 escalating. And eventually they don't have uh, they don't have an escape valve. And in and in Monty Python, that is the foot of God or just cutting to another segment while the other segment's still going on in the background. And now I think that when completely we, different. Yes, basically. Um, with anime, when I think of like the most absurdist stuff, I think of how. In, again, in Science of Sensei, how Itoshiki will like escalate and escalate and escalate, like his increasingly paranoid, um, aggressive fantasy of like how the, the modern world's just gone completely sick. And then as a release valve, instead, we just have Kafukafura, the like unreasonably positive girl come, girl come in and be like, but that's OK, isn't it? And he's like, what? No. And she's like, no, it's OK. Like, like, uh, when someone is complaining about like losing all their hair and she's like, oh, it's okay. When you get lost, people will be able to find you by your, by the top of your head. And so there's oftentimes, instead of just like someone pulling the ripcord, there's a reframing about how something that has been depicted as like unnormal, not, not normal or disruptive is actually perfectly normal. If you just change societal expectations, which I assume is part of the humor in Japan, which is such a, a collective outlook, at least in terms of social mores and expected behaviors. I think one of my favorite comedies and anime that really just kind of encapsulates everything is Osamatsu-san, which is, mm -hmm. I think, a few years old at this point, the first season. And I think the third season is airing right now, but I haven't watched the yeah. second season. That's how you're nor there. You, you know what? I, I did dip back into Osamatsu-san because we were like, I can't believe it's still going. Is it still good? And it, it like the opening joke, which is like, 30 seconds long was quite funny. And then the long form jokes in that show, are, they're really not good anymore. They really just sort of <laughs> died on its ass. And it's a shame because season one, as you said, is absolutely incredible. What, what, what do you think's gone wrong, though, with between those as a way of I, analyzing it? I think it's a similar effect with Family Guy where it got really popular <laughs> and they weren't expecting it. The writers changed, the voice actor changed for Todoroki. And I just think that the staff changed and they got complacent and lazy and they don't need to write as good comedy anymore because it's really fucking big. Um, also, a lot of a lot of certain types of fans are into uh, some more erotic uh, aspect of the, who 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 watches Osamatsu for erotic jokes. I don't know, but no, there's no it's, what it's about the it's the least really? sexy art ever ever created. I quite like the art. <laughs> Yeah, but he's but saying it's not. It. Yeah, like you know, it's not <laughs> hot, or it's not like they got big old dicks hanging out. They're just weird cartoons. Actually, no, the la the ladies are kind of pretty. Oh, I think interesting. There's, there's like That's one weird. Lady. Uh, uh, yeah. Two ladies. There's the the idol one and uh, anyway the other one, the one that they like. <laughs> Can't remember. Idol one and the other one. Continue, John. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> what was happening? 
I was talking, talking about, about Osamasu-san. Osamasu-san. Uh, yeah, and I've talked in the past about this specifically and this show in this context is that my favorite thing is escalating situations like Ben was talking about, like where it just mm-hmm. kind of starts out as a little gag and then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and encapsulates everything. And I think Osamasu-san is really good at that. It's really good at having a straight man because there is a straight man. I think there are a couple uh, a couple of the quintuplets that they use, quintuplets, sextuplets, uh, that they use as the straight man depending on the situation. Uh, and then the other ones are just wacky off the wall. What are they characters? Um, mm-hmm. And it definitely likes puns. I think the straight man changes. Yeah, it just kind of changes, depends on the situation. Yeah. Uh, but it's usually either Osamatsu or Todoroki, probably. I don't know. I don't know. It's mm. been a while. So um, Todoroki is usually the, like the, the youngest one, isn't he? And he's the fashion white guy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Then it's one of the, it's. No, I think you're right. It is, it is Todoroki. There's one that's really serious. I, I don't care. I don't... Not the point. Uh, but yeah, it, it's really good at doing those two things. I think it does wordplay a little bit less. Um, it does have it, but it's not as big a part of the show. Anyway, Osamasa sounds really great. It's just kind of like uh, skit after skit after skit. And I actually don't know, like we are talking about, like how, it, how Monty Python just kind of ended a skit and jumped into the next one. I don't remember how Osamasa san handled that flow. I think it, just, it probably just played it out into a natural it, end. <laughs> it depends on the episodes. So some of them were short clips, which were like a minute to two minutes long. And then other ones, it was like a longer skit of about 10 minutes and then an ad break and then another skit. Is Otsumatsu a, a parody rather than a situation con mostly? Or is it a mix of the two? I'd say it's a skit show more than anything else. It's more like Monty Python than it is a sitcom or, or parody. Uh, or, I mean, maybe like... not the ones that not the ones since since season one, I would agree. But season two onwards, it, it feels very much like a sitcom type show where they always complain about <laughs> not having any money and then trying to get money or trying not to get money and then realizing that they're pieces of shit. Like <laughs> that was definitely really... a repeated theme in the first season too. <laughs> but but yeah, I don't. I it didn't really take up. That wasn't really the point of the joke, so I don't know. Yeah, I guess season two sucks. Yeah. I'll find I out guess that's day. I guess that's why it's a problem because that is the the point of the joke is that they are shits and like I don't really felt that was so much a joke in season one like the the last one I watched in season three they spent like ten minutes trying to get some udon late at night and the mum was pissed because they kept eating their udon and it was expensive so he then she then eventually set up you know the the hot water kettle she set that to have an explosive to blow up the house and I was like okay this is isn't funny. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. It's like the the jokes lame. Well, that kind of actually reminds me of when we were talked a bunch about uh, Rumiko Takahashi stuff later, and especially with Urusei Yatsura, mm. like they destroy the world at the end of a lot of their at the end of a lot of their episodes, which are often they often have two plots, like the, the A plot and the B that. plot that that uh, are just cut up. They they exist separately, and they're just divided by the commercial break. Uh, in the middle and yeah like they they blow up the world space Age does the same thing i think there is a, a grand tradition of the the foot of god with monty python in anime being being just like being like oh and everything's destroyed okay let's reset it yeah I like space um, i think that the uh, thing of worlds destroyed and then they just got hop to an alternate universe and destroy yeah. that one and hop to another one well there's it seems like there's been a desire to like make the switching like make the the resets diegetic which um, is interesting. I think that they're par- partially with like the nerdification of 
of pop culture. Of, There's a desire yeah. to like have things make canon sense. Yeah, yeah, et cetera. yeah. I say that, uh, which I I kind of like. Honestly, it's 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 sort of it's <laughs> it's fun if they can make it work. I think Space Dandy makes it work. I think that uh, I mean I haven't watched uh, Urusayatsu, Yatsuda, but I'm is it do it well or is no? It... I mean it's it's most it's mostly just that like so. I don't know where this goes in my my triumvirate of of slapstick wordplay or absurdism. Probably under absurdism, but the usual structure of an Urusayatsu. Um, Yatsura episode comedic plot is that uh, Ataru wants something. Um, he ruins everyone else's like life or time or day around him trying to get it. People get mad at him and either like attack him or try to burn down the town or aliens invade or something. And then they're like, well, everything's gone to shit. They don't say shit. They say, <laughs> they say whatever, whatever, like family friendly, friendly, like early nineties thing they say, but yeah. And, oh, and then they just, and then there's just like a pan up from the town or the globe, the earth with like a kind of like, wah, 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 and then <laughs> commercial and then come back. And then the very next one, like they're just back at the kitchen table again. It's definitely just, it, it definitely makes no attempts, which I don't know if this is, we'll have to talk about this. It makes no attempts to dress up that it's a, that it's a one-off gag comic that just happens to be connected by a static cast of characters. I think that, um, the the obverse of this is uh, four coma com- four coma comics that are four panel comics that are adapted into continuous plot shows like K-Own yeah. or even Lucky Star or whatever, where they have to like pretend that there's a plot in between each of like the the three panel the four panel jokes that they do. And it's interesting that that's that that trend has basically flipped from like fuck it next joke to. We have to make sure that people understand why the K-On Music Club uh, is so obsessed with this thing. But usually with like K-On, they do sort of have a through plot in the four coma as well. Like It's not like they're just interstitials. They're like a, a chapter of four shots that would then follow a, a loose story. So it's not like they're lying. Well, well, yeah, they're not. They're existing in a coherent universe, but still like you can def when you watch K-On, you can definitely feel like, and that was one of the comics. Oh yeah. And now here's a bit of gutter before we get another one of the comics. Hmm. Like you see the connective tissue very obviously because it has to be so. Yeah. And, and it's so pronounced. You, you get that same feeling with like Umaru-chan. Um, and, uh, you know, like yeah, we've had so much. Hum- Uma- we've talked more about Umaru-chan in the past, like two episodes than we have in the entire of this podcast. I didn't think we mentioned it I, once. I thought people didn't like Um uh, Umaru-chan, but apparently we do. I don't that the think one with a little gremlin. Spoke- yeah. 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 People yeah, like that one. I didn't watch it. Uh, so I, don't- I mean, it's funny. Also, you, you talk, you're, you're also mentioning like, that they don't really do those sort of one shot, like uh, in no consequence sort of stuff. But, you know, you've got Pop Team Epic. That is exactly that. It's just random jokes. I, 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 I pretend Pop Team Epic doesn't exist. Though, well, so. you're mental because it's got some of the best Absolutely jokes. And, and I think, and, and I, I would actually suggest that like Pop Team Epic doing that is like supposed to be kind of like an, a throwback taste, though. I think that a lot of like Pop Team Epic's jokes are doing throwback comedy styles with ruder, more like more violent. Yeah. Like the, the Skyrim meme of waking up on the cart and then they, they do a lot of crude shit. Funny. Yeah. 
I, I mean, that wasn't the funny ones for granted, but you know, there was also there was also there that. were unfunny there were unfunny pop team epic episodes. I of hadn't co- heard about this. Well, there's unfunny bits, but you know, just like a sketch show, you then get some funny. Yeah, it, bits. it is but, a sketch show at least. So I so, agree with that. But every sketch sucks. I would. I mean, have you not seen Hell Shake Yano? Hell Shake Yano is amazing. Like that is the best thing that they've done. Um, I am aware of it, and I think I've seen like <laughs> tiny bits of it. And I would say that I haven't. I, I cannot speak to the comedy of it. Maybe it is actually good comedy, but I think that the thing that makes it really cool is the presentation, the aesthetic, and yeah. what yeah, they're doing, rather than the joke itself. Like it could be it, any it'll... joke. It could be not funny at all, even though it's trying to be, and it would still be cool because of what it looks like. I agree, it's cool, but I think part of the comedy comes into the way they present it, which if you haven't seen Hellshake, yeah, no, I can't remember what episode of Top Pop Team Epic it is, but we can put it in the show notes. Um, it is a episode where... It, uh, it is on YouTube, but like weirdly blocked. Anyway, um, oh. they, it's an <laughs> yeah. episode where... Um, they talk about Hellshake Yano as an animated form, then it cuts into like a bubble of her thinking about it. And what it is, is it's two people voicing out um, a, a story of a, like a super rocker. But the way that they're animating it is it's not with animation. It's all like live action filmed, but they've got um, notepads, which has got pre stuff pre-drawn in it. And they sort of flip it around like it's an actual like manga, like one thing is a big manga panel. And you got like one good bit where he's like showing how amazing he's playing guitar and they just flip loads of cutouts of like um, of hands. So it looks like they're all playing at the same time. And it's funny and it works really well. And, you know, there's a lot of that weird creativity that I really loved in Pop Team Epic. It's episode it's episode uh, seven from the first season. We'll so, put a we'll put an article about it in the show notes. So yeah. just to to. Uh, bring up something which is sort of related to what Ben was saying about the world ending in, in anime and what Andy's talking about in Pop Team Nepic's style of sort of uh, showing the artifice. Do you think comedy as a whole is is happier to break the fourth wall than most most things? S- yes. Sp- specifically yep. in anime, because like I was thinking Definitely. of one of the first shows I watched, which is Excel Saga, and mm-hmm. it, it does all it does all those things. It, it blows up. It frequently has has the great will of the macro macrocosm coming down and basically going. None of this episode happened. Restart next time. And it has Nabashin uh, wandering around, the, the director mm. of the whole show, as just a character within the show, and it, it feels like. It, Anime comedy, even compared to Western comedy, which is still quite happy to to look you directly in the eye and uh, address you, is is very happy to break that fourth wall and uh, talk to its audience. Yeah, I think that oftentimes, especially in in Japanese anime, the the very visible and oftentimes like called out hand of the creator comes in, and like mm-hmm. Nabashin in all of his stuff like he appears in every single one of his things so that's not as unusual but i think that also like um like the signers that's supposed to say again like makes regular references to like koji kumita and like makes fun of him having written this and there is the whole thing where uh where uh akiyuki shimbo's assistant no wait no it's it is i think it's koji kumita's assistant Midax, who like is just one of his assistants. He's just like this fairly average looking bald guy. Uh, and he like puts them all over the, the comic and over all over the, the animation of just like his face. And like, he's in the comic a lot and it's just sort of like letting you see 
the wires behind behind the screens and how this is how this is making things happen. There's a it is a definite idea to like make make the process of humor more more visible, but, more explicit, so that you can appreciate it more as a joke. But yeah, that goes and, all uh, the way back to like sorry to interrupt John. I was just going to say like that sort of into in self insertion of mangaka like Fujio uh, Aku, Akasuka, who is actually the guy who wrote Osamatsu San or the original one Osamatsu Kun. Like he did that in pretty much all his works. Like he was a really big component of that, and it wouldn't surprise me if. His him breaking the fourth wall in the way that he would put himself into his manga would then you know feed into everything else because of that because he is you know one of the forefathers of manga comedy in some people's a lot of people's eyes um, so that would probably be where that came from. Uh, there's also Gintama, uh, author well, himself yeah, all the time as, as a fucking <laughs> as a fucking gorilla and it's uh-huh. pretty funny. It's, uh, yeah. Is is that a pun with his name because? I, we haven't brought talked about it much because I guess none of us is fluent in Japanese. But but Japanese comedy loves puns. It does. Love it loves puns. people to mi- loves people to mishear things or misread characters. Hideaki Sorachi. I don't know his name off the top of my head, so I couldn't say. But Hideaki Sorachi. It's not. It's not a gorilla pun. I don't think so. So it's just a weird. It's just a weird thing. Just how he views himself. How can you tell? Is the thing. Gintama is full of weird things. Just to be weird. To be fair. Speaking of Tama, earlier we were talking about uh, uh, creating a story from like a smaller comic, like you, like Kaon, you brought up, and and Lucky Star, you said um, it's kind of there's this trend that has existed for decades in web comics. I, this is just where my my root in this comes from, uh, where they start out as pure comedy, just pure gag comics. And eventually they start introducing another character and then another character. And then the mm. relationship between the characters matters. And then it becomes a super serious story with some gags along the way. Um, yeah, I, I, that, that's definitely yeah. a thing. <laughs> that is, that is a thing. And I, I personally, I tend to like it as long as it's good. Um, and it also does happen in anime often. Um, Gintama, for example, uh, just a pure comedy for most of it. But then every once in a while, it'll dip into this really serious arc where it's like somebody gets kidnapped or, or gets beat the fuck up. But and then Itoki's got to come in and like save the day. Didn't you find it like a bit formulaic in Gintama? Because it definitely felt like there was a lot of comedy bits. And then when the comedy stopped becoming so good, you'd just do a serious like arc where you'd you know fight the Shinsengumi or some shit and then you'll go back to more comedy stuff yes and I was going to say that Kintama <laughs> uh, is an example of one that I don't really like well that I don't really like when it goes serious uh, because it doesn't it still has gags and the gags are still funny mm. but it is not like the serious stuff isn't interesting it's just kind of like strong guy fight strong guy who wins strong guy is that is that a f- is that a failure of characterization or is it that just, just that the dramatic stakes aren't well enough established when you spent most of your time doing humor? What do you think it is? I think it's, uh, most of the I would time- be surprised if you said that if you, I'd be surprised if you said that Gintama wasn't strongly characterized because I feel like all I hear about Gintama is how funny the characters I, are. I think yeah, so the big, it's well, the, the main characters are wonderfully characterized. The problem is that every serious arc introduces characters that we don't know basically. Um, and, then it's like, well, I don't care about them because I don't know them. But it's supposed to progress the story too at the same time. It's weird. I also I don't think, think it does that, the serious stuff very well. I also think that um, <clears throat> Gin as a character 
it's kind of like the Superman of the whole situation. Like you know he's going to be fine, and you know that he's going to survive whatever is thrown at him. Um, and I think that's maybe why the comedy or the uh, the uh, action stuff isn't so good. Um, yeah, but you also know that in a lot of action <laughs> shit, do, right? Do you, like, do you guys? Have I mean, a good let's example? take let's take Jujutsu Kaisen this season. Uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, he like dies in the first in like one of the second fights he gets into. He literally dies. His heart stops yeah, beating. Yeah. I mean, he comes back, but whatever. Like he dies. <laughs> well, uh, so there is, you know, and also that fight that he's in now with that muscly guy is just pure, pure brilliance. It, it's it's comedy because that guy yeah, thinks is. he's it's his really best funny. friend. Like so, the 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 uh, really briefly. Uh, let me just get the. Uh, uh, well, I think just while Andy looks stuff up, the thing about Jujutsu Kaisen is it's foremost a shonen in battler. Secondly, it's a, a, a it with comedy elements. The comedy is part of its its character, but it's not the defining part. Like you could, it has episodes which are are just pure. Um, Pure See, action, I, I and it I depends would... depends on which characters on screen. If mm. it has certain cast members who are the comic relief, and certain cast members who are very serious, and I, I think I think that on. they're all comedy relief at times. Like that's what I think. Kaisen does so well. Shut up! Is that it? It'll just have a character make a joke. And it works, and then it'll hop right back mm-hmm. into the serious stuff, and it mm-hmm. works. It's really good at getting that rhythm going. And this is for every character, basically. I mean, okay, not every character, but you know what I mean. Like, almost every character. Uh, yeah. And I think that's something anime also does a lot, is is combining super serious with just absurd comedy. And most of the time, arguably, it doesn't really succeed, but when it does succeed, it, it gets that beat. That, that yeah. correctly, like, it's, it's wonderful. Can I ask you a like question, the, John? <clears throat> oh, sorry. Uh, I was just going to mention, like, Todo, who is the muscly guy that I was previously talking about, like, you first introduce him and he beats the shit out of uh, his two friends, uh, Nobara and uh, Megami, and the only question he asks is sort of like, what girl do you like? Uh, and then you're, like, really worried then when he's about to fight Yuji, uh, or Itadori because you're like, ah, oh, he's going to beat the shit out of him. And he asks, what sort of girl do you like? And he says something like, women with long legs or something? And then Long Toto legs just, and a nice ass. Yeah, <laughs> and then Toto just has a flashback where they're best friends at school. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's like a bit that goes on for what, like five, ten minutes? And it's amazing. It's all about like, oh, do you th- I'm going to ask her about, do you think she's going to love me? Do you think she's going to accept me? And then he rejects him and it's like cuts of him like hugging him and holding him like behind a school. Yeah, it's just a, uh, this complete <laughs> fantasy in his head about how they are be- the best of friends. It's hilarious. And, and it just like... I, I, do think, I do think that Anne anime is really is really willing to like have the villain just be kind of an idiot inside their head as like a joke yeah because yeah. like it doesn't take away from how from how dangerous they are because if there's if they're good at fighting they're good at fighting it doesn't matter if they live in a complete fantasy world or are super insecure or whatever yeah i also just think That's that true. like now nowadays with sort of a lot of shows you don't want like all characters to necessarily just end when they die or no longer relevant in the plot. Like take um, 
Tokyo Ghoul, which is a show I didn't like, but you know, there's one character who dies in like the first two episodes who they keep wheeling out at like weird like comedy bits to sort of make a few visual puns. And I'm just like, why is this guy still in it? And I guess it's just because people like more than maybe the story, but they like the character designs and sort of the Dojin like aspect of what this character could do in a different situation. And so they um, like to keep them people about so that they can, you know, keep that interest up. Sorry. So I've I've kept up with Tokyo Ghoul, the manga. Um, and by kept up, I mean it's done. I think I finished I think, it. It had a weird yeah. ending. But I heard that. But uh, I would I think that that lightheartedness of the main character works in that show because later on it stops being it, it the jokes just go away really like it, it becomes really grim and i think that's meant to be a progression of him because he changes as a character too from like i want to be friends with everybody to i gotta kill to get what i need done <laughs> uh and i don't like, when think... i say that out loud it sounds real dumb but it works in the context uh i mean i'll so tell you what i, I don't I think remember that, that there... serves a purpose i don't remember there being any comedy in Tokyo Ghoul, apart from the weird... Like, when it was not being the main show, I don't remember there being any comedy. I don't remember especially the main guy being funny at all. And I remember there being one really weird, like, crazy character in quotation marks who was part of the police, and I really hated him because he fell out of the place. If I said there was comedy, that was unintentional. But, <laughs> go on. You said he was funny. I, I would be really skeptical that any anime doesn't have a Genki girl comic relief character or like a shitty slovenly guy comic relief character virtually anything except for like fucking monster or some other something that's pretending to like a really big dramatic thing does probably have like someone who talks funny like that's just something that exists i think in a lot more and in a lot much broader genre but i think i think i think just people speaking funny with like different accents or adding nyan at the end of everything that's just part of like Japanese, not wordplay, but sort of like ja- characterization of a character That's in true. the language. That's Talking a... funny is much more. Yeah, like, I mean, let's not bring up ReZero, but, you know, fucking one of those always ends <laughs> We're up gonna with, have to. with bow. Like, it's just, it's just like a, a way of speaking. It's a way of inferring an accent um, without, and I don't think that's really like a comedy aspect to it, apart from people might re- realize it's like, oh, that's Osaka Ben, but you're in... You, you know, whatever. Yeah, there's the, like, uh, what's, her, what's her name? The thousand-year-old Lolly in ReZero that lives Beatrix. in a library. Beatrix. Yeah, Beatrix. She has she has this way of talking. Mm. I forget Kashira. exactly what it is, but she always... So yeah. But it's, yeah. is it supposed to be her being old, or is it supposed to be her being a Chunibyo, a thousand-year-old Chunibyo? Because <laughs> that's something I wouldn't uh, be surprised. I don't think it's She's definitely not a Chunibyo. A... No. She, I think she's it's... just a... Uh, <laughs> Something. It's supposed to be Satomi Arai having fun. And that's about all. <laughs> well, that or, sounds like a comic comedic relief character, in my opinion. She, this there's is, jokes with her, but she's not comic relief. Uh, yeah. But this is also the you, thing you can't, with... you can't deny that there's a lot of characters in anime that where their whole thing is that is that they talk funny and have inappropriate reactions to yeah, very normal situations. Sure. Yeah, like, that's yeah. a whole... In, in, in any shonen, there is one friend who's, like, the weird friend. Who's the, like, the Jujutsu Kaisen, as, as previously mentioned, literally has someone who talks in like the fishbowl ingredients. Like, yeah, yeah, he, 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 if he talks about anything, if he says words that are not food, 
it'll cause no, problems for people it's specifically here, <laughs> food that's in um onigiri it's only onigiri flavors that he's allowed to speak in oh otherwise. is it okay yeah it's even yeah. better um which is why he says ikura a lot which i guess yeah. it's sort of like a joke on to go like iku is to go ikura is and that's just a joke that is gone huh, like yeah, you could be right uh but yeah. it's a joke he, cause he says it a lot it's a joke that's just not translatable um in japan in yeah. english so they just translate it and he just feels like he's saying weird shit all the time and i'm like pretty sure there's a logic behind it but i, th- I mean I puns, think... puns are hard to translate so that's there's that I, th- I think we're quite heavily in the weeds of shows with comedy elements rather than in real comedy shows like i think something like for instance one punch man is very much a a comedy first and and everything else is built around that absurdity like it starts out with okay there's this one guy who like dungeon boonies there's this one guy who's completely overpowered what does that mean in terms of amusing consequences and then you've got something maybe like mob which i think just treads the line on the other side where you still have an incredibly overpowered uh protagonist in in mob but it's far more interested in his actual life rather than the absurdity uh he creates like there's far more character uh growth for mob than there is for saitama uh in one punch man so i i think like that's taking things to its absurd maximum like one punch man did in its finale of the first series can allows it to do like these incredibly over the top things which many series would struggle to justify having happen but it can just do it because it has comedy as its uh, excuses do i want to have someone uh, punch an entire spaceship yeah okay i'm gonna do that because it's because i can make it funny and i think like with animation like that's one of the 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 gifts it gives us it would just like mm-hmm. you can do whatever the hell you want and frequently the best ones do i think one of the, the first um comedies i think we talked about out in one of our early episodes here was uh abenabashi which was a, a a parody of um uh popular culture it had like uh manga it had films it had um, Saturday morning TV, and it was all all about wish fulfillment and about out allowing this person just to revel in the things he loved and these childish ish things. And I think comedy he lets us do that. It it's it allows us to have our cake and eat it. It allows us to watch this shamelessly dumb action in sequence, or as does happen with anime, it allows a lot of fan service. Like I, I, I my, the show I decided to watch for this, 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 this segment was um, Konosuba, and mm. I, I made the decision that I was going to watch the two OVAs and the film because I hadn't seen those. And like Konosuba uh, is a, a parody of of the the Sky genre where someone's dropped into this world, they're given a special power, and hijinks ensue. But in Konosuba, obviously, he, that turns out like he, the his the one thing he takes with him is the the go, is the goddess as who actually turns out to be a terrible, terrible person. And from that point on, Konosuba is just happy to laugh at the entire 
a genre and it's a show which is very very fan service heavy by most standards in its its normal run and i've got to say the ovas in particular and and the the movie to an extent took that up a notch which i i'm not sure i was entirely expecting there's like really there's All a, there's a lot do that yeah, <laughs> yeah but yeah. I, I, I i maybe yes but it's, it's just like what i did not expect the one that the 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 the, the, the the gags literally to be a giant robot flicking darkness in the chest and the camera just zooming in and just following that for a couple of seconds and yeah it it, it just very much wants to have its uh, uh fan service and and enjoy that without any while waving its hands goes oh i'm a parody it's okay uh, don't worry I mean, <laughs> i'll say that while it is definitely like hey look at these tits it's also like that is slapstick right you you, you hurt someone and something funny happens right like that that is a joke i mean that that was like half of that was like half of darkness's introductions in season two was her being beaten by some way but uh you didn't see and then it turns out she was actually like quite enjoying it and people were giving up on her being like what is this okay but her her breasts did not necessarily fill the screen totally in in Uh, those sequences whereas in the ovas they 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 did Uh, okay sometimes they did in season as well but yeah i was gonna say that's (laughs) worse but it's it's a difference in it's a difference in quality not kind if that makes sense yeah yeah i I was also gonna say um i think what anime does in particular which i can't think of any other medium apart from maybe comic books that do this um they do crossover stuff like uh what is it um quartet fucking quartet or um like the rock lee show like they do they're very happy on having these weird spin-offs that are just like bizarre pure comedy and and this was sort of i guess why i was thinking back to my issues with v-zero like when i started re-watching it it's because i just watched two seasons of your of isekai quartet and they were just punchlines <laughs> all the major like emotionally heartbreaking stuff that happened in v-zero it was just a punchline uh and it's weird that japan and anime does that whilst no other media to my knowledge does but is willing to do something like that yeah i guess that sort of stuff goes back to things like chibi eva etc and mm. I, what what's what is the western equivalent it's like the the par- the parody show which is strongly associated with the main show i i think the only i think the only example Literally, the only example I can think of it might be the original Casino Royale, mm, which yeah, was Peter like Sellers. when 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 you had the the Bond books existing as serious like spy novels, and then the first film we get of them is this comedy thing where you've got like Woody Allen popping up and as and like Bond as a joke as the start mm-hmm. of the franchise, and that that was quite quite strange, but. I think that was kind of like British. There's like I don't know. Britain has a very self-deprecating sense of humor. I think Japan doesn't say doesn't have to doesn't seem to have that to the same extent. It. I mean, it seems you say that like, to the live shows or the, the every time they have like a panel show where they're eating bugs and shit. Definitely self-deprecating. 
I don't. That's not self-deprecating. That's that's more manic to me. Like, there's there's a difference. Okay. Like, there's there's a la- laughing at yourself and a, a preparedness to do something stupid to be laughed at, which is different. Like, one's the class. One's one's tom tomfoolery, Andrew. <laughs> I would I would say it's kind of both. It's like I'm laughing at myself being an idiot. Same way that if I if I laugh at myself being an idiot before someone points out that I'm being an idiot, then I don't feel like an idiot and I don't look bad. It's like saving face in a comedy form. <laughs> wow, this is like I've just killed both conversations now. <laughs> <laughs> right, moving on. Should we have a break? I need. Well, a piss. let's go. Let's go ahead and just round this up, maybe with uh, talking about um, our favorite comedy shows and briefly why we think they're why we think they're funny. Like, what are your favorite anime? We haven't heard barely barely any Nichijou or Azamanga Daio. Those used to be the staples of humor. I'll finish off Konosuba then, because, like, I think it maybe is... It's not... I don't know if it's my favorite, but it does get me to laugh most consistently, mm. despite its many flaws. Like, Konosuba is chock full of flaws but in terms of just getting a laugh out of me it's pretty much flawless and pretty much impossible to to watch an episode without something just making you burst out proper uh no snorting giggles or, or whatever and i think that the secret bit to that is like a lot like people have always said okay the reason Connor Soup is great is because its characters are all terrible. And I think that there is something to that. They are a particularly... Um, wor- not worthless, but um, uh, a particularly... Uh, Degenerate. Yeah. <laughs> like, w- we are... Like, when you laugh, there's always, like, this certain amount of... Is it okay to laugh here? Like, if you in a real real situation, is it is it appro- socially appropriate to laugh now? Uh, am I I laughing at this person cruelly? Whereas Connor basically goes, Nah, you're all right to laugh at these. They're terrible. They're terrible. You can laugh all you want. They're, they're, it doesn't matter. They 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 are just here. They're they're the absolute worst. Laugh all it's you like. like it's, uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, where they're just complete and total shit bags. But you laugh at them. Yeah. And then you feel, and then you feel miserable because you just have to keep watching shitty people be shitty. You don't really feel that with Konosuba because it's, you know, sometimes they're not shitty in Konosuba. That's that's something I wanted to bring up. About. How I know Ben and Andy have seen the movie. Have you, John? Uh, yes, the one with so, the with the Megamines family Crimson and the giants, yeah. giant lady that with giant melons, Gi- giant lady who becomes a giant snake lady and who does giant things. Um, uh, in that that sh- in that series, we they try and bring it in a little bit of romance between Kazuma and uh, Megumin, and I think it kind of flounders. Like they they try and make them sw- a li- 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 be sweet to each other, and and eh, it sort of works in moments, but mostly he, he, it's just it, it feels off. It, it just like. So you're the opposite of me, where you don't like when comedies get serious sometimes. <laughs> I would say out of I'm just looking at the list of stuff that I think is good comedy. I I haven't I can't think of um my favorite one, but of the recent ones that I've watched, Asobi Asobase is pretty great. Kaguya-sama Love is War is also incredibly funny. Um then you've also got uh Usovich, 
which I think is one that we don't really talk about. That is pure comedy, but none of you probably heard of that show. Um, and uh, yeah, and Hina Matsuri is also one that I recently watched. That was really really funny. Um, I also think- yeah, Hina Matsuri is an is an interesting example where like it's. It, I think, is the furthest on the slapstick spectrum of something I've watched in a long while. Mm. Because the whole, like, Itai joke is just, like, <laughs> half of Hinamatsuri. And I mean, it's... maybe you should check out Usovich. Uh, it's about two uh... Russian rabbits in jail, and they just do slapstick stuff. It's great. That really does not seem like my kind of thing. It's great, because they're only a minute long. So you just, like, watch the next funny thing, and then it's on to the next. Good, good shit. Uh, also, the, uh, also, we're all forgetting um, Agretzko. Uh, and mm. um, yeah, that's that's probably about my list. Oh, and uh, Married Chan as well. I think it's great. Like that guy has done a bunch of shows similar to that, um, which all have escaped my head for now. But they're all pretty fucking great. I'm a sucker for comedy. I like everything except for when I don't. I could list a million things, but I just yeah, if, if it makes me laugh, which a billion things do, that's me. I'm, I'm a sucker. I agree. Comedy's like really unique. And funny, and what makes some people laugh doesn't make other people laugh. No, I was just saying that's my example of shows that I like is everything. Right, okay. Oh, Princess Connect. Well. I was answering Ben's question. <laughs> What's the last comedy you hated then, John? I don't know. I couldn't answer that question. It's been a while since I've watched <laughs> a show that I've hated like, as a comedy. Yeah, I... I think I've mentioned all the ones that I that I consider to be like the really big ones. I love Sirens at Spitz and Say. I don't really like comedy, like live action comedy that much, but I love Sirens at Spitz and Say. I think Excel Saga is weirdly underrated. Um, Azumanga Dayo, Nichi Joe, both great, good fun. I appreciate oftentimes the in a battle shonen or something along those similar lines, like Index, the comedy parts are the best parts of the show because uh, the live action, the, the, not the live action, the the battling and drama and betrayals aren't that interesting. Um, but when the like weird maid who rides around on a, on a cleaning robot comes over, like that's good stuff. Um, <laughs> it's why I think it's often why we have comedy spinoffs is they can just be like, Hey, did you like the comedy part and not any of the drama stuff? We have a spinoff for you. That's just, that's just pure unadulterated Colombian grade comedy going right into your veins. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, I mean, what was it? Famufu, Full Metal Panic, Famufu also is exactly oh, yeah. that. Uh, it's better than the show, yes. Yeah, <laughs> way better, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I would also say, I, st- I think for the serious parts of Gintama, real quick, like the movie for Gintama, the first one, where they do the first, like, quote-unquote serious arc, I thought it was really fucking good. And I thought that was also really funny as well. Um, but otherwise, I would agree with you, Gintama does not blend comedy and seriousness very well. So we have a break and have a cup of tea and, and then talk about other stuff. Yeah, I think that we... Speaking that, of ending a skit. <laughs> yeah, speak, speaking of the foot of God, speaking of just petering out, speaking of a comedy of errors, uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we will talk about uh, shows airing this season, um, ReZero and Time Skips, and about Earwig and the Witch.
we're back. John, take us away. What have you been watching for the winter 2021 anime season? Uh, yep, that's the one. You got it. You got it first try. The day that I, the day that I, yeah, the day that I get that right without any pausing is the, the podcast is inf- instantly over. It'll just be a farewell episode <laughs> automatically because of that. Yes. We did it. We cracked anime. All right, I'm going to go in alphabetical order because that's easiest. Uh, the first one I have watched some of, Back Arrow. I watched the first episode. This is a weird bad show what's it about uh, yeah where where it's so this this world is encompassed by a wall and some guy and there's like these eggs that launch uh from over the wall and like crash into or maybe they're not eggs i don't know they're like something, something launches from over the wall and crashes into the thing and it usually has stuff that people want whatever it is uh this time there's a guy in it he's naked and he comes out and he's like i'm gonna fight some guys oh also they like turn it they have like Things that turned them into big mechs. Uh, it's weird. It's not good. At least the first episode. It's not good. Yeah. Okay. Do you think you're gonna stay with it? I've watched one episode this far into the season. <laughs> Probably not. So no. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Next. Next one I've watched. Uh, Dragon Quest. Well, actually, that started last season. Uh, that one's still good. It's just it's just like a Dragon <laughs> Quest game put into an anime. It's real fun. It's just like if you like a Dragon Quest. Yeah. If you like a Dragon Quest, you like this Dragon Quest. Uh, I, one thing I did not know is it's based on an old manga, which also had his own, which also had an anime at some point. Uh, is that Toriyama, like a Toriyama manga? Uh, don't know. Or is it someone else doing the spinoff? I don't know. I, I would guess it's someone else since he kind of just doesn't do anything. <laughs> he okay. didn't do anything but Dragon Ball for a while, then Dragon Ball was done and he did a couple things and now he just doesn't do anything. Uh... I mean, he's old, isn't he? He's old, he yeah, yeah. Like, like he doesn't need to work. Yeah. When he works, it's I mean, he doesn't need to. He doesn't need to. Doesn't need to do full Miyazaki. I mean, he's only sixty-five. He's not that old in terms of the anime industry. Yeah, but he's probably like filthy rich off of Dragon Ball. So <laughs> yeah, he doesn't need to work a day of his life because he's got Dragon Ball. Yeah. Uh, next up, Doctor Stone. Well, I mean, he's got he's got he's got a love of cars and motorcycles, so maybe maybe he does <laughs> need to keep working. <laughs> That's funny. Anyway, yeah, Doctor Stone, Stone Wars. Yeah, Doctor Stone, Stone Wars. That's the name of it officially. Uh, it's pretty good. <laughs> they, uh, went, they went with that one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's the exact same thing as last season where Senka's the science boy and I forgot the bad guy's name. He's a bad... He's not a science boy. <laughs> and he, uh, and, and he's, he crushes... Bad, bad science man. Yeah, he, and he crushes the stone... Uh, st- oh, Tsukasa, that's it. Uh, he crushes the stone statues of adults so that they can't be revived because adults are bad. Yeah, no, I'm enjoying it. I think I spoke, I spoke on it before. I, it's good. It's really good stuff. Yeah. I like. Yeah. But like I said, it's just it's just a continuation of last season. There's nothing special to it this season. Um, one thing I did forget to mention is I would be watching Beastars if it wasn't in Netflix hell. I Stupid. would be also watching Beastars. I also think the I like the way that they brought in some sort of uh, tactical stuff with the radio uh, and tracking down that woman. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, they're, they're doing more science to get more tech in the world. And he made a cell phone is what he calls it. But it's like. I mean, I guess it is because it's wireless. <laughs> but anyway, it's a satellite phone, actually. <laughs> he, yeah, he loves the satellite. Uh, next, next. Oh, cells at work. Watch a few episodes of that. It's still pretty good. Uh, it's the same thing as the cells at work before. Cells at work black. I have not watched yet, but it's like it's supposed to be like the cells in a like incredibly unhealthy body where he's just like alcoholic and smokes a lot and all kinds of shit like that. And 
Isn't he? Isn't he dying from like stage three cancer or something? He, yeah, I think that sounds right. Um, he's basically uh, just not healthy. He's he's a bad, unhealthy <laughs> guy. Uh, and yeah, I have a I have a couple people who said it's kind of depressing to watch. Yeah, yeah. So. Like I I read an article which said that um, its its name is apparently a pun on a, a Japanese word which specifically refers to a, a, a bad company, uh, a sort of a company oh, which treats a its black work, company. Yeah, yeah, which treats its treats its work as bad, and so oh, him sorry. mistreating his bo- body yeah, is yeah, yeah. is like him treating his work as badly. That's kind of funny. That is a, that sad. is a very weird late stage capitalism thing yeah um like you wouldn't you wouldn't want to be a bad company for your cells to work at so exercise more i may be uh (laughs) making this up uh andy if you know tell me but i think one of the episodes is about erectile dysfunction too um so that's fun um i haven't seen it okay i don't know but yeah sure it sounds like (laughs) yeah like i guess you didn't know oh well uh Mia is a comedy that has some romance in it. Uh, it's really good. It's so funny. Yeah, I I don't think it's a comedy. I do think it's very good. I'm really enjoying the animation, um, and I really love the style of it. I like the latest episode. Um, Real quick, what it's about you... is to uh, it's it's a girl and a guy in school, and they both kind of look really different when they're in school from when they're out of school, and they run into each other and just kind of start hanging out, and it's very nice and yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, I again, I, I don't think it's like laugh out loud funny. I think it's sweet. It's definitely like sweet. I don't think it's a comedy. I think I don't like romance, so I don't want to call it romance. Okay. It's definitely <laughs> a romance show, nope. a love show first, and then, um, and then it's everything else afterwards. But yeah, uh, Miyamura and Hori fall in love, and the latest episode they actually. Well, he confesses love in the third episode, and then the fourth episode, she reciprocated her love in a really sweet and lovely way that the show absolutely nailed. And uh, then he mentions his friend Toru, like, oh, yeah, he's uh, like, we're going out now, we're a thing. And again, that was just like a really well done moment where. Poor Toru, he was... best of best boys. Yeah, and like there was no conflict there. Like, there, there could, if this was like a show, Joe show, there would have been like, I'll get off my woman, all this kind of like conflict and stuff, but there's none. He was just like suddenly defeated in a way and then like rooted them on. And it was really sweet. Yeah. Like, it, I just loved this show for sort of defying expectations and making a, it's a romance about like a romance without the drama and it just being their daily lives. They even sort it. of took a mick out of, of other shows, which do have that sort of, violent confrontation between the, the the two male characters who are are going for the woman's attention by having them like accidentally he have oh, it like yeah. a fight <laughs> right? and, and just it's like Toru going oh i'm really angry with you and, and getting uh thinking wait wait no wait are you actually oh, i better get serious and him like like dude <laughs> dude stop it stop it and just like yeah oh yeah ooh, you're, really you're, you're strong <laughs> yeah Toru being the sort of the jock character, whilst Izumi is the the, the sort of nerdy, weedy looking guy. It was a good comedy change. I I really love the show. I think it's really great, and I think it's gonna really. It's like the heart is where it's at, and I think its heart is is very firmly, really like well placed and really enjoyable to watch. Um, I love it. Andy, really you you and mids normally know these things. Is the like some hard shipping done? 
because it feels like they they push that to a certain degree like i mean probably there's always shipping for any sort of like romance manga <laughs> in any manga like there's definitely shipping i would say but i think uh mids i did ask mids about this show and the one thing that she said was that like the great thing about the thing that the show really excelled at was having multiple relationships and multiple characters and she said that eventually the problem was was that she they introduced so many great characters that you're meant to kind of have a track on uh, mm. that you kind of forget them all um, past the main two. Um, but having two main characters be in a relationship kind of also thinking back to a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about harems, like uh, mm. we, you, you don't see people have relationships past their first date. And this is a case where we are seeing them fully having a relationship. Uh, and it's really sweet. It's really lovely. I'm looking forward to seeing where they go. Um, makes me instantly more interested to say that they like, they're dating and have an actual relationship versus just like the weird, like, Oh, does but she the, like me? Yeah. yeah my, but the way my, they do my, it, I'm really talking good. now. Like, <laughs> pardon? What's, that, what's that John? I'm going to talk now. Uh, okay, fine. <laughs> the, well, what I really like about the show is, I mean, you guys talk about the relationships a lot, but, but the, my favorite aspect about them is how they just feel kind of natural the way they grow. Mm. There's not, yes. they don't feel forced yeah. at all. And they aren't just like, mm. There's no tripping into panty shots or whatever. They just kind of start hanging out because because of a weird instant where uh, he helps her little brother get home. And speaking of, that's my favorite relationship is him and her little brother. <laughs> I can't remember the little brother's name, but I like the way they interact because it 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 is it's cute, really cute. And then mm. also yes, it's uh, funny. Sota. 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 Yeah. I like it. I like it a lot, and I like and yeah, yeah. You mentioned the the his his friend Toru. Uh, I, I like how they act. I like that there's no the conflict does not revolve around the fact that the the they are in a relationship. The conflict is kind of just a real stupid thing. Uh, I love it. It's great. It's very good. It is, it is good. I agree. By the end of the first episode, they feel like they're already an old couple. Yeah, yeah. Where they're just sort of like sitting on a chair watching TV and sort of sharing snacks. And I like how awkward. Really, uh, uh, I mean, well, I forgot the main dude's name now. I like how awkward. Uh, a mean media. Yeah, I like how awkward Mariana. he is about just admitting that they're friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because he's just a really it's shy good. dude, and like, I don't know. I was a very shy guy, and I definitely had problems with that. And it's fun to watch. I like him. They base that... a Nintendo character after you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Next. Next. I don't want to do any more. You've ruined my life. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you get the cool mask, you get a hood, and hide a knife under there. Probably, it's probably great. Yeah, it's yeah. probably. I think they do have it's knives probably... in the latest Yoshi game. I might be making that up. I, I think I might just be mixing them up with Tonberries from Final Fantasy. That's true. Yeah, with that's also a thing. The... Yeah, they're great. Oh no, in Yoshi's Island, they have like spears. Spears, oh. yeah. Well, they've had, they had spheres. There you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen <laughs> continues from last season. We sort of talked about this earlier. It's really good. It's just high quality all around, and I appreciate that. Everything about it is good. More more anime it's, should be good like that. Don't you think? It's wonderful seeing the animation of the last two episodes just being top quality. It's, it's just amazing. Uh, it's beautiful. I absolutely... And also funny and well well written. Yeah. Stuff. Uh, next up, I watched I'm watching Kimono Jihen, which is about a kid who is half ghoul, and his aunt tries to kill him, 
because he's half cool and creepy and then this detective uh guy is like hey come with me and then they're all like half uh half or all uh demon yokai things this is probably a, a question i'll re- regret john but how is someone half ghoul because the ghoul it's like their mama ghoul and their dad's not ghoul uh, which i think <laughs> which is like died. i think it's the other way around uh dad is or mom is human wait no that's what you said wait no so wait so wait <laughs> which which of his parents is a necrophiliac is what we're asking about oh, mom is a necrophilia yeah 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 Wow. Okay. Just hot. I'm sorry, Duncan. <laughs> hot as fuck. I'm just saying. You did this to yourself ultimately, but yeah, uh, it's fine. Uh, you I, had saboteurs. So, from what I understand, it was like a it's a good relationship, not like a weird. It's like bad consensual. Yeah, 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 yeah. So at least it's. Oh, he couldn't say anything to deny it. So. <laughs> well, I mean, we haven't met them yet, but Jeez, it... Jesus, Andy. <laughs> Maybe I will take the edit for this. For this <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's it's just it's a shonen. It's a they solve mysteries and fight things. It's fun. Uh, moving on, uh, Kumo Deska Nanika is Selma Spider. So what? Uh, wow, it's great. I can't remember yes. the voice actor of of the spider. She's great. Uh, the spider like panicking and freaking out and just trying to be super positive while in uh, such a horrible situation, trapped in a dungeon as a tiny spider, uh, trying to get out of the dungeon. She's she's so good. The problem I have is there's another half where they focus on the humans, basically, which are the rest of her class. So she's the only one who got put in this situation, it seems like. Uh, everyone else... So basically the whole class got isekai'd, just... I forgot to mention yeah. that. Uh, and the rest of her class is like, got a brother of a hero who I think is also a prince or something. Got like a, a priestess who's going really crazy uh, zealot tr- zealot on everything. Um, I don't care about them. I just want to watch more <laughs> Spider. Yeah. They do seem to mostly use them to frame what she's going through. Like having one of them also be transformed into a, a monster, but being a... a transformed into a dragon and that sort of being a being seen as a more yeah. um, high-end monster and, and, and like when the earth dragon girl yeah so one of the girls was transferred put into an earth dragon's body when she uh she gets this skill called taboo which is really bad apparently and if you find anyone with taboo you gotta kill them I guess, at least according to the church because they have done something taboo and that's a taboo and it's just like outlawry or something. Sounds taboo. Uh, That's yeah, what it sounds. but in the first episode, Spider Girl also does that because she is like, I don't know what to do. Oh, but there's a dead spider, and I saw my spider uh, brothers and sisters eating the spider, so she's gonna eat some too because she's hungry and needs to eat. And then she gets that taboo skill. Um, she gets something like kit called a title called Kin Eater and, yeah, uh, and the taboo skill. Yeah, and I think and, that's like, probably the same thing as what Earth Dragon Girl got. Yeah. And like they are trying to to sort of frame what she's going through with what they're going through to a certain extent, but I don't think it needed that. I think you came to this the same way as me, John, and having read some some of the manga and not any of the other light novel, right? Right. In the manga, it barely mentions the other classmates. Yeah, it doesn't show them ever. Maybe like one panel or two panels. Uh, it follows follows Spider all the time, and Spider is way better, way more interesting, and the voice actor is so good 
it's Ayuki. I knew her name. Yuki. Yeah, Aoi Yuki. Aoi Yuki. Yes, that's Aoi right. Yuki. So good. She's. Uh, did you ever? Did you watch Snafu, John? I did not. Well, she's Kamachi on Snafu. She's she's someone important in Madoka too. I forget. I feel like I did this a few. I'm getting deja vu. <laughs> oh, she plays Madoka. She plays Madoka in Madoka. So there's that. All right. That's her big role. We spoke um, about. Well, this is her new biggest role because she's fucking. She's a genius. She was in fire. She was in fire. She was Kotatsu in Fire Force. Tamaki Kotatsu in Fire Force. Oh no. She was the worst character she, in she, Fire Force. She's the. She's the booby one. Yeah, in Fire Force. she's the one that wears a bikini all the time. Or a bra is unclear, um, and <laughs> or unclear. She anyway, to, until she gets as, until as she a, gets in water, a, there's a, no way you can know. As a spider, none of those are a concern of her. Right, right. She's just. I mean, she's been she's been she's been in a lot of shit. She was she was the main girl in Show Bitch. Uh, she was Kino in the new Kino. Uh, so she's she was uh, Boar in Gridman, one of the the monsters. So okay. Yeah. Well, she's been around. I mean, she's she's having a good career. She came out. She started in in um in 2003, but she hasn't really been seeking big parts until 2009, 2010, and it's just kind of yeah, solidly grown. Yeah, I can't say that I remember any of those roles you've mentioned too strongly. So I guess she never made an impact on me before. Uh, oh, I do know that she's like uh, she play she plays uh, in 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 Sorimachi in uh, and yet the town moves. She plays the uh, the girl who's obsessed with maids, the straight laced one who's obsessed with maids, which is a great performance. Yeah, so yeah, okay. um, yeah. from what I have read, she's kind of famous for being able to talk really fast, which mm-hmm. definitely qualifies or definitely uh, shows up in in this show. She's oh god, she's so good. Uh, oh, yeah. speaking, yeah, yeah, it, speaking that we're actually put, bringing back to the comedy thing, like uh, the voice actor for uh, f- for the main character in Excel Saga, like destroyed her voice, oh, really? talking, talking, talking as fast and loud and doing all the screaming she did, I'm trying to remember her <laughs> oh, name. No. But yeah, no, it's it. Hopefully people are kinder, like producers are kinder then. But yeah, Excel, Katona Mitsuishi like heard her voice bad and the english voice actor heard her voice so badly jessica calvello that she had to be replaced for the last four episodes oh, wow. by larissa walcott oh my God. um because yeah sorry it was had to be replaced after the 13th episode so the two halves of the excel saga dub have two different women <laughs> because one of one of them damaged her voice so badly that her doctor's like you can't do voice acting was there for just like- a lot of screaming or something she she talks very fast and she goes often like oftentimes between like whispering and screaming and whispering and screaming uh, yeah. and like that wears out your voice if you do it so yeah so well I mean I mean Kotono Mitsuishi is a goddess so of course she did not she was able to do the whole thing herself but yeah it's very funny how like these really extreme performances um, can oftentimes actually be kind of dangerous to did they recover to, or. Oh, uh, I should look on. I, I'll look on. Okay. Well, uh, she kept she kept dubbing after that, so obviously she did recover. Yeah. She was working on like girls in Panzer and stuff later on, so I think so. Yeah, you hear about the the voice actor of um, Agretzuko having to learn how to death metal sing in a way that didn't hurt his voice, uh, mm. which is interesting. Yeah, there's a specific way that is not the way people do it when they don't know how to do yeah. it. I've heard. Yeah. Don't know what I think. Is, like. Yeah. One interesting thing which will come up with Spider is that there's a point in the series where she get, essentially gets multiple personalities. So how she's going to cope with doing multiple slightly different voices <laughs> at that speed yeah, is it, going I'm to be something. I'm excited for that. Uh, I remember that in the manga, and it's really fun. She like 
splits her she manually like intentionally splits her personality off so that one can work on like some math and the other one does some shit it's kind of like uh the princess in villainess or the villainess yeah villainess. it's like villainess's yeah. council yeah, yeah a little bit yeah but Duncan, it's just Duncan constantly has openly happening. and openly and dearly hoped that that's going to be the same sort of thing so <laughs> oh yeah uh I really like that in the manga. We'll see if it uh, continues. Yeah. Lock Horizon, I haven't watched yet. I don't know why, because I'm stupid. Uh, I'm doing the same, even though I loved, loved the show. It's just like so long. Why, I mean, yeah. like, what, what was it? Like I, I want to rewatch it. Or even longer. But, yeah, it's been a while. I want to rewatch it because I know that I love it, but that's two seasons <laughs> that I have to watch. Yeah. <laughs> Is there any reason why it took such a long break? Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it happens, I guess. Uh, next up, uh, Jobless Isekai, or Japanese name is Mushoku Tensei, Isekai Itara Honkidasu. But, this is the gross one, right? Yeah, this is the gross one. Uh, this, this guy <laughs> who was, he was a bad person in his previous life. He gets killed, uh, I think by a truck trying to save some kids. I don't, is that supposed to make me feel good for him? I don't know. Uh, like, was the truck saving kids? Cause then, uh... No, 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 he pushed some kids out of the way of the truck. <laughs> But that's uh, okay. I get that. Joke. Taking too long. Let's keep moving. That's and, funny. and that uh, is wordplay. <laughs> yes, um, we didn't talk about any puns because none of us speak Japanese. But it's like that. Yeah. So the the crux uh, or the problem with the show is that he's a fucking pervert and and it's like he when he wakes up he's a baby and he's he's totally uh, like he knows that he's a baby. He knows that he is he, he's fully conscious of who he is and. The first thing he does is be like, "Oh, who's that lady with big boobs?" And then they find he realizes that he's her kid and it gets excited about sucking on her boobs and that's the first sign uh-huh. that it's gross and weird and awkward uh and the second episode uh you see how he died um and it's because two guys barge in on him because to kick him out of uh this apartment or home or whatever and they find him uh masturbating to a picture of a young girl sitting on a bath stool naked um, Wonderful. I, okay, so right. he's irredeemable, and he's then killed, doing a selfless act. Is that what it, it tries to use as setup? This this irredeemable person has done a selfless act, and therefore he's given a second chance. Is he going to fuck up his new life? The yeah, same I way mean, I guess apparently this is like one of the first isekai, or maybe even the first that like launched the whole trend. Mm-hmm. I've which, heard that, which is really upsetting but i'm also glad that people moved away from that over time uh <laughs> it's awful um but the problem like the thing is like everything else but hit that part of his personality is actually really well done and it pisses me off that i can't watch it because of who he is that's enough I've heard about its production values are through the probably roof. as strong like people who Whose voices I, I tend to, to think is, is fairly respectable all seem to rate it on about the same level as as Wonder Egg, uh, which has been like to me this season's in, in that's that's a wild standout in terms of <laughs> in terms of the animation. Yeah. It is it is it is really well done regardless, um, and it pisses me off because I wish it wasn't. <laughs> uh, anyway, moving on. So there's this uh, show called. Uh, no one can enter the hidden dungeon about myself. That's not what it's called, but it's something like that. It's a definitely an etchy sort of show, and I'm watching it and enjoying mm. it despite myself. Um, this this kid goes into the dungeon. He has this power that he can ask the, it, some question, and he'll get the best answer. It gives him a really bad headache, but he can do it. 
Um, he asks that question and he goes to this hidden dungeon that it points him to. And then he meets this lady who's just kind of chained up and can't move and just has her eyes closed at all times. I don't know. Um, and she gives him the skills to create or edit other people's skills or his own. And it costs life points in order to get the life points. He has to fulfill his material desires, whether that's getting money, eating good food or boobs and kisses and all that shit. And that's what happens most of the time. And that's the whole show. <laughs> cool. And it right. makes me laugh more why, than why, I, why are you watching? It, it makes me laugh more than it should okay. because I'm a bad person. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see, ReZero I haven't watched yet, Attack on Titan I haven't watched yet, Skate I haven't watched yet, uh, Boonies, Boonies is fucking great, Boonies, uh, we've talked about a little bit, uh, dude lives next, like in a village right next to the final dungeon in this world, uh, it's funny that they call it the last dungeon, like as in anybody who wants to become a hero or something has to go through the whole trial I just, I don't know. I kind of like acknowledging that stupid trope. Um, but anyway, he... Well, you, you love Isekai in general, so this is like any sort of like insidey joke like that is fan service to you. That's true. So. Yeah, I can't deny that. Um, but it's not Isekai. It's, it's, well, it's, it's like... It's not Isekai, but it's just... Every, everything, everything is Isekai. You could, you could call it Isekai if you think about it like this. He's from the village, and then he goes back, or he goes out into the real <laughs> world where nobody is okay. like that. Anyway... Carry on, <laughs> Any person who's not living where they were born is an isekai. Is isekai. You cannot deny it. I will prove this someday. Um, Holding <laughs> uh, oh, uh, me uh, is isekai because when he goes outside of school, he's in a different world as a different person. Um, I, well, he is a different person. I, I watched the first episode and I, I, I thought it was fine, but I also, after you waxing lyrical about it, so John, I was probably expecting like the funniest thing to have ever happened, and I just thought the first episode was fine. Um, cool. I love it. He is. I mean, I'm sure you do. I'm not taking it away from you, darling. I just sure thought it did. was fine. <laughs> I just. So he he thinks he's the weakest person ever because where he's from in this village, he is the weakest person, or at least maybe he's not. I don't know. But he goes out to the real world and he's cartoonishly strong. He can he he fights monsters and thinks they're just like pests and flicks them away. And people are like, you "Fought a monster? What? You killed all those monsters?" He's like. I haven't killed any monsters. Only demon kings are monsters. And he eventually finds a demon king. Uh, and he like, he has this, he can do these magic runes and shit that nobody else can. It, it's funny. Um, well, it's like, even when they find a demon king, in just due to what's going on, he's he's convinced that, in fact, the demon king's just a drunk person. Yeah. And he needs to help him sober, sober up. Yeah. And he, he just so like, he uses oh, this ancient rune bloke. to be like, this ancient like curse removing rune that he thinks is just used to clean things and just wipes it on his head because his head has like is darker because he's a demon skin or demon king it's like blue or something um mm. he wipes it away and it's funny um and then there is slime slime's good continues to be good Slime's fine I, people are people are getting mad about the pacing and i'm curious to watch enough of the show to see if their theoretical objections about how the second season is being paced make any sense at all or if it's just anime fans grousing like they always do about everything so it's the same it's it's civilization on fast forward as i think duncan put it uh, way back when mm -hmm. uh i enjoy it it seems like there's finally gonna be some real fucking conflict though with another country we'll see how that's handled maybe he'll just yeah, fucking... we'll see. people that's what people are mad that people like there's not going to be enough time for the whole arc of the war to be part of the first core of the anime which is i'm like sure how do you know that but isn't it too maybe. isn't it too cause this season? Yeah. But Why people assume that's gonna be people assume that's gonna be one one novel arc per core 
and so uh, I think that the, in fairness from I haven't actually read far enough to the conclusion of that but the point I stopped there was like a, a logical halfway point in that that story at a point where something happens where which there has to be a reaction to so I think like you can stop this this current core at a logical point so I think maybe they're they're over grousing but Tuss the way of anime fans. <laughs> yeah, I true. I think it's a constant thing for anybody who doesn't watch the anime, who reads the manga or the light novel, to say it goes too slow. Because if it's too fast, then people lose the plot and aren't interested, and it's not good. If it's too slow, then the worst that you can have is more episodes of the thing that you like. Yeah, it's a it's a very safe bet if you want to like make waves on an internet message thread to be like they're fucking up the adaptation. After Slime is... Yeah, After Slime. Uh, um, the Last Picnic. I have watched one episode of it, and I really uh, I really liked the first episode. But... And I haven't watched another episode because Funimation fucking sucks and broke me mentally at the time. Uh, but Funimation is now working again, the app, so I should probably pick it up at, at some point. Um these girls are in another world or like a parallel dimension or something and they got guns and they shoot at weird static monsters that if you stare at for too long it makes you go crazy wait is funny calling other side picnic the last picnic yeah no yes yes no 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 no. they're calling it other side picnic it's 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 called Other Side Picnic. The last picnic is something that John's made <laughs> yeah. up in his own brain. Listen, I can't be held responsible for the stupidity that uh, exists in my for head. Um, okay, Other Side Picnic. Sorry. Yeah. Um, it's really strange and bizarre. <laughs> and like I said, I watched one episode, so I don't know much about what happened since then. I guess it's almost on episode six. But yeah, it's, I, it's, it's, yeah. it's good so I, far, John. Are you an Annihilation fan, John? I've never seen it. The movie or the books, Annihilation? Never seen or read it. You'd probably like it. It's it's kind of would. like like, like like it. a mix between that and more some some and I think was it you or 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 Jeff who said it was kind of creepy pastory in terms of like the way it plays on urban myths and stuff. I haven't watched it, so it's probably Jeff. Unless I was just yeah. being really really just clever. <laughs> Could or, be. or or mean one of the two. <laughs> sounds like you. Yeah, so I will watch more of that. That one is not one that I intend to drop. I just, like I said, fell behind. Uh, I really liked the first episode. Moving on, uh, I have not watched any of this, and I know that everybody loves it, so I have to watch it. Wonder Egg Priority. I know mm-hmm. I, I've seen some clips of the animation, so and animation is really, 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 really good from what I've seen, and mm-hmm. that helps a lot. I will watch it because I We spoke I gotta... at length last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard, yeah, I, yeah. Exciting things have happened, but we'll hold off until a little while longer to talk about them in more detail. Yep. And that is it. Oh, laid back camp. I haven't watched it yet, but I intend to. That is it. <laughs> well, Duncan says it's trash, so that's... Yeah, I can only have one idyllic countryside thing per season, so that's going to be non-non-beery p- repeat for me. Oh, that's a bad choice gotta say i watched the one where they have to hide where they have to hide the broken the broken pot and just get caught because they're trying to overthink how how to confess that they've broken the pot it's good good. it's good i was wrong about the the first two episodes were not indicative of the quality of the show that's reached at this point so unknown biori sucks (laughs) i mean you're wrong i mean (laughs) look i i i want to like 
I, I literally just want to transport myself to some place where I can just be outside with people in like a beautiful Same. nature setting, and it's giving me that. So, so maybe you should watch Non Non Viori. Well, let's just watch Sakura Quest again. <laughs> that's not a that's not a that's not an idle threat <laughs> to watch Sakura Quest. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Re- Recorder better, pe- better people have suffered from. Recorder Girl ruins the show and needs to die. And that's all. Adventure, I got. No, no, no. And she's she's, she's in it. Not she's not in it for minutes at a time. It's it's great. Yeah, but when she is there. <laughs> anyway, speaking speaking of of plucky twee uh, elementary school kids, I watched the newest Studio Ghibli movie, <laughs> uh, which is out now on HBO Max, called Earwig and the Witch. <laughs> it is directed by uh, by by Goro Miyazaki. Um, and I believe it's it's based on another. Is that his son? Yeah, that's his son. Yeah. Yes, it's based on um, it's based on the same author's books uh, as Howl's Moving Castle, Diane Wynn Jones, mm-hmm. Diana Wynn Jones. Um, I cannot venture to you what the book's about because the movie's about nothing. This was a very weird experience. It is, it is. Uh, Ghibli's first entirely 3D CG animated work. Um, my girlfriend compared the art to a Barbie movie, like those direct-to-video Barbie movies. I think it's a lot more like early Pixar, plastic and Play-Doh mm. looking stuff. Uh, anyway, so the art, nothing to write home about. The designs, classic Ghibli, the animation itself, and the the mise-en-scene, not so great. The story... And stick with me here because it's it goes places. Um, there is this girl who is rescued from evil witches by a witch when she's a baby. She's placed in a uh, orphanage. She is later adopted by another witch who is her foster mother, um, who has a pet demon uh, who is named the Mandrake, who is voiced by Richard E. Grant charmingly in the in the dub version. Although I listened to it with Japanese. Um, and she has some trouble at first because the witch isn't teaching her much magic, but then she gives them a talking to and they decide to start teaching her magic. That's the story. That's all that happens. It's a lot of it's a lot of scrubbing the floor porn and mixing ingredients in in containers porn. You shouldn't say that because that's real porn. <laughs> I know Um, it is shocking that we were that she like finally comes to like a a place of like consensus and being on the same page with her two weird magical guardians. And the movie's over. We we literally like press the remote to like see where in the timeline we're and we're like, what? There's four minutes left. I thought there was going to be a movie after she like got along with her guardians. But there's not. It's just the end. More happens. So the evil just don't come back at all. No, there's something complicated where they all used to be in a baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're not going to redo a take for that. They all used to be in a band, and she discovers the band music, and she tells Mandrake, this demon, who, like, if he gets pissed, he, like, slights himself on fire, so, like, his eyes get fiery, and he starts to steam, and his clothes begin to, like, contort from, like, the heat. Um, and, yeah, she just tells him, like, yeah, I- I've heard your music from when you were in a band with these witches and it was pretty good and they become friends and that's the end of the movie. Um, it's really what? weird. It feels like half a movie. It genuinely feels like they just didn't finish the movie. How long um, is it? 
there's more that happens in like you know how like in my neighbor, my neighbor Totoro, it's an hour thirty Please. minutes, Andy. Uh, in my neighbor Totoro, you know how like how like there's like shots during the credits of just like still drawn pictures of like them doing stuff. More happens plot wise during the credits with those like still pictures than happens in the course of the movie. She gets adopted and she has trouble with her adoptive parents and then things turn out. Okay. The end. I do not recommend it. It is, it is not as actively noisome as actively like unpleasant to watch as tales of earth. is, but it is about the same level of quality. It's stunning. I can't believe that people saw this movie and said, yes, let's ship it, (laughs) ship it droopy. Like, I can't believe it. It's so weird. I mean, it's sort of like fairly um, sort of common for a Ghibli film not to really focus on the whole story, but more of like a certain person's time, like a certain period in a person's time where they undergo Mm -hmm. a transformation. So it doesn't feel like that's necessarily totally out of the realm. Yeah, but it's always with a real conflict. Agreed. And this sounds, which is the insane (laughs) bit. Every Ghibli movie I've watched... uh, has been there is a real conflict it's not just like people meandering along like there's stuff that happens and it they have to they have to get over that obstacle whatever whatever it might be it might be a small one but it's there and they have to get over it whereas this one sounds like it's just kind of everything works out immediately well it it's weird it doesn't work out immediately like the 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 period between her getting adopted by uh what's her face bella yaga not <laughs> baba yaga bella yaga um it like is is a, is long like the biggest chunk of the movie is like 35 to 40 minutes of her just like being her apprentice and just getting treated poorly and like it's very weird this is a thing that i've noticed in goro miyazaki's movies i haven't watched um from up on poppy hill but in his other two movies people people are just meaner than they usually are in miyazaki move in in like typical ghibli movies like Earwig's personality, of course, her, the 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 people of the orphanage don't like her being named Earwig, so they call her Erica Wig, which is that a pun in Japanese? I don't know. It doesn't make much sense because uh, she has a best friend at the orphanage named Custard, and they weren't like, well, Custard's not a real name, but they are for Earwig. <laughs> They're like, Earwig, that's not a real name. Um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> the cat gets named Thomas, but all the human characters get named fucked up names because it's Ghibli. But, uh, but yeah, she's like a prankster and like kind of vengeful and petty in like a way that's not like and she like at one point she makes a magic resistance potion so that she can fuck with the witch um and then like spends the next 20 minutes of the movie like trying to like engineer a situation where she can use the use the magic resistance potion to like freak out the witch but not be there for the punishment when she gets caught. It's very, it's very odd. It's like weirdly mean spirited. Mm. Um, not like actively like hostile and cruel, but just like everyone's just not very nice to each other, which is not something I associate from it with a, with a Miyazaki yeah. movie. Everyone in a Miyazaki movie yeah. tends to really be about like good intentions and like manifesting good behavior and what you want from the world. And it's just very weird to like, it seems like all of Miyazaki's movies have people who are kind of who feel bitter and sidelined and unappreciated. And I don't want to project too much on how Goro Miyazaki <laughs> might uh, might have come to think that those feelings are important. In a, but it just couldn't. So yeah, she yeah you have this witch who doesn't want who doesn't want a little kid and this little kid who hates the witch and they just fuck with each other for forty minutes and then the kid's like actually I like you and the witch is like oh good I like you too the end. 
So it's like Kiki's delivery service. Nothing be, happened, basically. I'd, I'd say like that relationship isn't like that far from Howl's and Howl's the, is also the old one. Yeah. So like, I mean, you can say what you like about the rest of the film, but that central relationship actually, I think, is quite good. Like, you get a a good good mix of like this quite this one person coming from a, a life where she's too dutiful and like too thinking of others and her work and one person who's just completely self-indulgent and those two playing off each other but it sounds like there's no sort of personality conflict really going on in in Earwick they're just, where they're you've just, just not got nice to each what, other one yeah. fight <laughs> yeah one fight one feisty person and another feisty person like just two two rats in a sack or, or whatever the phrase is a bratty cat a, br- a bratty kid and a in a bitter old woman and then like a like brooding old man that's that's their dynamics and then and then the little girl's like hey i like your music and that's literally it and they just like they have a they have a thing if you if you go onto hbo max or any sort of promotional material you'll see a picture of her singing into a microphone and there is the implication that she becomes the new front man of the witch band that broke up um, but that doesn't happen in the what? movie at all. That's not a shot of anybody what? in the movie. I mean, that's not that doesn't happen, which makes me feel like it's cut that like the last the missing 30 minutes of this movie were her like becoming part of the band and like something with how they're making it or the CG stuff or something. They changed their minds. And so I just cut it off like, OK, once they're friends, that's that's the real like emotional arc of the movie, which. I guess, but it's also a movie where, where conspicuously nothing happens, and even more so than a Ghibli. It literally is just like... Is there a Goldo movie that people like? Up on Poppy Hill's pretty good. Poppy Hill's okay. Oh, yeah. people like Poppy Hill? Okay. I haven't seen it. It is Obviously. good. Like, there's... It was the one where people were like, oh, he can actually yeah, make a good I movie. Yeah, I didn't realize that was him, actually. Yeah. Uh, and I think about it, I was like, oh, it's pretty good. Um, not bad. I would say you could probably... It's, 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 also, it's also the one of his that's written by... The elder Miyazaki, oh. too, so that might be the difference. I didn't realize that Hayao Miyazaki's doing another film. I thought he fucking stopped, but he's back. He'll never How stop. He always live? comes yeah. back after stopping. I know. Yeah, I think he stopped five. like four, four or five times at this point. It's, it must be like... Yeah, he retires all the time, but he doesn't actually like not working. <laughs> yeah. In a couple of years' time, it will come out that he's he's like, sorry, son, uh, that, that uh, money which was going to pay for the last 30 minutes of your film's green lighting my new... <laughs> new one so i want i wonder sometimes it's it, it is actually like it's it's hard not to i know that we have a culture now of like when you say that a movie is bad people are more interested in it and so to you dear listener i can't emphasize enough this is a boring movie where nothing happens you like like it literally it literally is imagine if howl's moving castle if the castle wasn't moving, it was just a perfectly normal English cottage on like the outskirts, on like the far outskirts of London um, in like the late mid century. Um, imagine if Sophie got to house moving castle and moved in and she's like, Oh, this weird, this weird how guy. And then after their first like normal dinner together, that's the end of the movie. She just like got used to living there. <laughs> it took a while for her to settle in, but she got used wow. to living there. The end. Wow. That's the story. So, so yes, earwig and the witch. Um, the art's bad. The story's non-existent. The music's pretty good because they actually have a pretty like. I gotta say, like the like, like sixties rock, like sixties seventies pastiche rock that that the witches play, who all have like ridiculous ringleted hair that just explodes out of their head, um, and looks like Play-Doh. Um, like that music's good. 
the action's sometimes funny, but it's always thrown off by everyone looking like weird Ken dolls being moved around. They even go for like the plastic sheen of like Toy Story. I think someone watched Toy Story and didn't get that like they're supposed to be toys. Is is the thing? So, so yeah, not not much hope for Goro Miyazaki. Unfortunately, I get that visual look a lot from um, the Dragon Quest movie as well. I think it's just like a way people have interpreted sort of like an older style of anime drawing, like Studio Ghibli, like mm. Dragon Ball Z guy whose name's temporarily forgotten. Um, like that's just. It must be a shinier thing. Or Toriyama. There you go, Akira Toriyama, thank you. Like, it must be... Because uh, uh, <laughs> it's, like, older drawing, therefore it's, like, a weirdly older style of animation? I don't understand it either, but... Sounds bad, and, like, not in the good-bad thing that I think some companies are trying to cash in on. Well, I think... I know that John is a big fan of HAL, and I actually like HAL a lot, too. I think HAL barely hangs together as a story, but as, like, a as a fictional experience as a fantasy a, a fantasia a rambling through these things it's like it's pretty good and it's just it's it's very weird to like watch this the interaction between these two between these two characters these, these two directors and obviously they have their their things going this way and that but like no matter how bad a miyazaki movie is usually you can just look at the art because the art's always brilliant and here it's just it's really weird to watch a mediocre ghibli movie with no art to like zone out to. So that's all I have to say about well, that. <laughs> I think Goro also did Goro also did a very mediocre looking CGI TV series. Yes, Ranja called, the uh, Robber's Daughter. I watched uh, some episodes of that. It was yeah. not good. And that maybe was the indication that this wouldn't work out well. I mean that was supposed to, I think there that was go. supposed to be a test a test balloon for for like what what they could do with the CGI pipeline. Although that looks more like more traditional, like CGI trying to look like traditional animation. Yeah, it definitely while, was, yeah. while if you look at Earwig and Earwig and the witch, it's definitely trying to like, again, early Pixar is, is the thing I keep getting <laughs> from it. Anyway, Duncan, do you want to close out with some comments uh, about ReZero uh, and time shenanigans in anime before we talk about yeah. our spotlight? What's ReZero? Sounds like you've 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 had your memory wiped handy. Oh uh, yeah, we'll I'm, com- I'm this timeline f- again. I'm coming for all of you. <laughs> no one's gonna remember ReZero. I haven't watched any of it, so at least uh, that's going good for you. I can't chime in. So, uh, the good good news is I'm not gonna talk anything about the plot because <laughs> like this season, like the the thing which has been notable about this season of ReZero is it has been heavily using flashbacks and flashbacks by then their very nature are something which slow a series down and kind of break the fourth wall because they remind us that we're seeing something that someone else wants us to see like this is this is an artifice it's and this is something which isn't carrying the story immediately forward like you want to use them sparingly Mm. like okay we have to get have this flashback to tell this important piece of information but this season in ReZero, we've had them for most of the main cast. <laughs> like I think, I think it's like four or five so far. Major episode-long flashbacks, and I th- and that feels particularly weird for this show because the entire premise of Re- ReZero's um, uh, sort of return from death um, gimmick for Su- Su- Subaru, where 
essentially he he can redo any any anything he wants by if he's prepared to die um it feels like a more like someone had cracked the the problems of a flashback by deciding okay well what's the problems with flashbacks well we if we send someone if we try and have a flashback you're not following the main character and and he and there's this suspension of disbelief why are we there who are we following whereas Rizzo's whose thing was okay we'll just have a flashback by he can die and he can re-explore this and it's used it previously as this really good way of giving us multiple pieces of information which we normally wouldn't have got but this season they just seem to be like well we're just going to we just want to give you these flashbacks from people from 10 years ago for half the cast and (laughs) It's just really slowed it down. Now, like, the only thing I've been able to think is, like, previously, ReZero, I think and Andy Comments has, has a lot about uh, Subaru who, trying to come to s- some form of growth where previously he was just taking everything on himself, just constantly taking on, on more and more or things in more and more impossible ways. And so... It's natural that we only follow him, whereas this season he's opening up more. He's he's trying to actually allow other people's contributions and ideas and friendships. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it actually is natu- natural that when a alternate form of flashback has been so so prominent in the way we've this story's been told that Subaru listening to other people tell him stories actually makes sense in terms of someone allowing others to give him information rather than just insisting he has to find out everything himself um and that's that's been me being generous though because frankly it's just really slowing it down but it it made me think like has there like been any shows which i think really used um, fl- flashbacks well and like the one which came to mind was Eva um, because Eva is a show a bit like ReZero which has a lot of interest in, in the idea of like solitude and loneliness and the difference is, is that the flashbacks in Eva are often incomplete and fragmented and tell as much by what they omit rather than what they, they show and I think in it, it doesn't break immersion as much by by telling it. it. It's less like telling a story. It's more like you you've you've almost walked into a room and something's happening. Mm-hmm. If I don't know if that analogy makes sense. No, it does. But like the the thing when I was thinking about Eva, the, the, you've got flashbacks for a lot of the cast, but it's almost notable who doesn't get them. Is that the only two people? Of the like the the major cast, the only two who don't get it are, are uh, Gendo and Rei, who are like the two who essentially Shinji wants to know the most from. And like in a show about loneliness, he he uses is like the complete unknowableness of two characters by never giving us anything about them in flashback from their perspectives. We only ever see them from other people's, and so they're internal lives are still just complete mystery to us and to Shinji and I think like that's a really strong uh, directorial decision from him and like the the other person who who's 
his flashback is treated in a particularly um, difficult way is uh, Asuka, who has a very traumatic one of mm. the death of her, her mother. And similar stuff happens in ReZero. And, and I don't think like there's any sign like it's treating that trauma in the same huge... Like, the weight of that that, fl- that scene and that flashback and the way it's used against Asuka in, in EVA is like really strong like this this idea that your your traumas can be used by as a weapon by someone who you let within your your trust like and like i think like there's nothing as sophisticated as that going on on with ReZero sadly and i i don't know it's i just wondered if you, you guys had like any any thoughts about shows which have, have used flashbacks well because it's if it, it feels to me like it's it's so rarely used well. It's so often a crutch. I do think that that oftentimes flashbacks are used to fill in backstory while maintaining the nominal forward momentum of the plot. Um, mm. And I think that a lot of times there are be- like I was trying to think if if Anno's inspirations in the Gundam series have a lot of flashbacks. And I think the answer is largely the bad ones do. Like Gundam Seed is just like <laughs> is just like literally forty percent flashbacks of just like, hey, these two characters you don't know either of them. Here's some flashbacks for who they are. It's very easy to abuse flashbacks and to make it feel like what's actually happening on the screen right now doesn't matter. So I yeah. think that the the evocation of Eva is uh, is a good point of where like they're always fast and contextual, and oftentimes they're more like tone poems than seeing what's actually yeah. happened. It's about just mm-hmm. like seeing a few seconds of uh of ritzko's mother so that you know who her mother was so you can understand her mother issues it's not like here is a full like two minute scene of ritzko having a fight with with gendo yeah i was gonna say at the end of last season you you brought up um golden camera as a particularly egregious <laughs> example of something which overtold the ancestry of of all its cast yeah i mean it, it's weird because you want to like know where these people came from so that you care about where they're going but if but like i said it's the danger of making people feel like all the important things in the show already happened and they're just not telling you because (laughs) because they want to turn into a story so my favorite thing is when i watch a sports or battle shonen and uh there some random mook shows up and they're gonna spend two episodes telling me about how he had a bad childhood so that i feel bad when the main <laughs> character kicks his ass that's it it's just it's so <laughs> it's it's a lot i think for majority of it it's, it's flashbacks just uses a crux right this is why i stopped watching space brothers and have a 10 episodes of fucking recap of the I'll shit that we've already shut seen. your mouth i i'll i will find you <laughs> physically strike you <laughs> It won't be hard. (laughs) Good luck getting on the plane, mate. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, Space Brothers does have a lot of does have a lot of flashbacks. It's a lot of flashbacks, but I would argue that Space Brothers does avoid the pit of the most interesting things in their lives have already happened. It is kind of like a bummer that Hibito's like already like a full blown astronaut when when Space Brothers begins, uh, but we're still like seeing them reach their respective. I think that the flashbacks in Space Brothers are different though, because those characters actually stick around, right? Like and in some battle show, yeah. the characters well, it's, just it's, it's a lot of and gone most of the time. Yeah, 
Well, yeah, when you introduce someone in the tournament arc and you have to say why they matter, you have to see how their dad is like a big monster. Yeah. <laughs> I, so. I, I more meant literally in the last few episodes of I watching that was watching they were stuck in the desert and then it's like, oh, there's a hat on a cactus. This reminds me of the episode 10 to 25 and I'm going to replay the whole Oh, yeah, that shit sucks. That. And like, that yeah, okay, is I'll give you that. That shit sucks. Flashbacks to previous episodes. I do not need that. Mm-hmm. Well, that that's filler masquerading yeah, yeah, yeah. as flashbacks. I feel like or my favorite flashbacks to scenes <laughs> but, uh, that happened a minute ago. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I hate that. I hate that stuff. Yeah, those are amazing. There, there is there is literally one time in Bleach where they get sucked down to Hueco Mundo, and then the episode ends, and then the beginning episode's like, we're in Hueco Mundo, and then someone just, like, looks off into the corner, and, and it's just, like, him remembering <laughs> five minutes ago when they got sucked to Hueco Mundo. Like, granted, it's been a week for us, because we're not watching this serially, but man, when you're binging that stuff full on, and a flashback... Of from the previous episodes, events happen. But these are all abuses. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yeah, easier yeah. to say what how <laughs> how bad flashback happens. I do think that for all that, I think that Space Brothers is poorly paced, mm-hmm. as you would expect from literally anything that's ninety nine episodes. Like we see the formative moments of their childhood. I think a little bit too often the formative moments of their childhood perfectly pertain to whatever's happening <laughs> on screen currently. But it is. But it isn't. It isn't just like. Hey, look at that lady with the hat. Here's her life story. <laughs> she had a really sad life, didn't she? Now she's going to get her ass beat by Naruto. So, <laughs> but anyway, I think that's the sign to go ahead and wrap it up. So our next topic for the next episode, two weeks from now, is death of the author and anime, which I am sad that the person in our spreadsheet did not call death of the mangaka. But uh, yes, so we'll be talking about um, interpreting anime and manga differently than how the author probably intended. How important is it to know what a author or a director was thinking when analyzing anime or manga and just our wacko interpretations of stuff. So, yeah. I think all authors should die after they make one work. Yeah. Hot take. Unless. Hot take. <laughs> I think that's a good take. Unless their second work is better. They have to, they, <laughs> they submit their second work and then if it's good, they get to live. And if it isn't, then they, only, they were only a one hit yes. wonder uh, by law. If you can make this one, John, I'll, I'll be, I'll be interested to hear what you can say about um, uh, uh, Neverland this season. And and its particular divergence. Yeah, I, I, did oh, you drop okay. Neverland this season, John? I dropped it when it was first airing. It, like it sucked. <laughs> a bad adaptation. Well, that that's his opinion. Oh man, I will tell you, Netflix. Netflix is trying desperate. Netflix is trying desperately hard to make me watch it this season. It's the number one thing they're pushing, even above uh, Demon Slayer, which I'm surprised about. But anyway, rate and rate, review, and subscribe to us on the podcast platform of your choice find us on twitter keyframes pod find us on facebook search for keyframes podcast email us questions at keyframes podcast at gmail.com and of course tell a friend but not just any friend uh, i'd probably no. recommend that you tell the Still friends who you haven't you haven't met Ugh. in like three months because he's been constantly busy or tired or ill um that's the person i'd suggest that you you do <laughs> wouldn't you agree john has it been three months <laughs> and and oh, then that, yeah and then when you meet him, uh-huh. you have a long flashback about all the times that you've had together over the past 10 years. And all the anime that, and and all the anime that he's have. watched in the last three months, too. <laughs> <laughs>
You just stand there staring off into space. And then he appears in space as a ghost. And it's the sky is a ghost. That's, like that's the best anime. part. It'd be good. Yeah. 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 Say goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Ended up 30 minutes longer than I was hoping, but we had a we had a couple of good goofs. We warmed up eventually. Y'all respond to my jokes with serious stuff too often. <laughs> I just make a one-line joke and then <laughs> 10 more minutes happen. Well, that's why we need an editor.